welcome to EQ Minds Recharge Your Mental Health Podcast. I'm Chelsea Pottinger, the host of this show, and I have some awesome news. My book, The Mindful High Performer, is now available in the USA. Tap the link in the description to grab a copy today so you can become a calmer, happier, more productive version of yourself. This week on our podcast, I speak to Jay Pottinger. Jay is the general manager and speaker of EQ Minds, an accredited mindfulness and meditation coach, where he blends science and mindfulness to give you simple strategies for becoming the best, happiest, and most productive version of yourself. Jay has worked with some of the world's biggest brands, including IAG, Woolworths, Estee Lauder, and Westpac. He is an ex-athlete, ex-corporate warrior. He's my husband. He's also the father of our daughter, Clara, and Jay understands the pressures of modern life and how to beat your endless to-do list. He is known for igniting audiences with his simple yet effective strategies for harnessing the mind and becoming the most productive, fulfilled version of yourself. Today's episode is all about how to stay extra focused in life, how to structure our day for better productivity, What's the first thing that we should do when we first begin our work day? If you're in an office environment, how to stop people distracting you? Tips on how we can get better at managing emails. He even gives us insight into his own personal management system for his own inbox and what he does to protect his mental health. I always learn so much from Jay and I hope you take away some really practical tips too. Let's get started. I am so excited to have Jay, our productivity guru at EQ Minds, coming on the podcast today. Jay, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much for having me along today. Now, tell me and the audience, Jay, how do you stay extra focused in life? Well, when the CEO is also your wife, it certainly puts a bit of a stick up the um the rear end to keep you on track. But on a serious note, there's just we have a lot going on in our life, both from a personal perspective, from a business perspective. So I don't really have a choice. Uh, I don't want to be overwhelmed. So it's really important to stay focused on the things that are important to our success, both professionally and personally as well. So really try and get down into, you know, what's really important and focus on those things every single day. Do you have a system that you use? I have a system which is sort of like a to-do list, but it's probably in reverse on what most people would do. So I call it ruthless prioritization. And so at the end of each day, and I took this process, it's called the progress principle from Teresa Amabile, but I've changed a little bit and I've applied this ruthless prioritization to it. At the end of each day, whether my day finishes at three o'clock when school finishes or whether it finishes at 7 p.m. if I'm doing some more work, I do my to-do list for the next day, but I also spend a time, a little bit of time, just working out what have I done during the day and what are the things that I shouldn't have been done during the day? And then I really make it a focus of mine to not do those things for the rest of the week. I apply a bit of time allocation to each one of those things I've during, done during the day. And then I try and reallocate it for the next day to make sure that those things that are most important on my list 
are the ones that are getting my greatest amount of attention. Hmm, that's awesome. So how should we structure our day then for better productivity and focus? Yeah, it's an interesting one. And I think one of the good things that's come out of uh, the whole COVID fiasco is the change in flexibility when it comes to working. Uh, We have many people, not many, a lot of corporate people that can now do hybrid working or they're working fully remotely. And that's changed, you know, in the past, our structures were all based around other people's structures. So if you were nine to five, you had to really focus in at nine to five. If you're on shift work, you've got to do shift work. But now there's a little bit more flexibility, not for all, but for some around how they actually maximize their time and really utilize when they're at their best. So as an example, you've got morning people, you've got people that flourish a bit better at night. I'm a morning person. So my best work gets done first thing in the morning. So from about five to seven in the morning, that's when I have the least amount of distractions. That's when my house is asleep. That's when I can do the things that I deem to be most important to do my deep work. Now that might not work for everyone. Some people are better in the evenings or in the afternoons so they can restructure their days to when it suits them. And I think this can really improve the output that we have um, rather than, I guess, spending the whole day just working on other people's schedules uh, and also being reactive to other people. So really taking that proactive back into your own court. So what's the first thing we should do when we begin our work day? Well, again, it depends on, you know, your internal clock uh, and when you're at your best. So for me, the first thing I do when I sit down is I've already got my to-do list and I start working on that number one task. Some people call it their most important task for the day um, and I work on that. So I do that before I open up emails because if I open up emails, that means I start getting reactive and I start working on everyone else's priorities. Now. If you're a night person or an afternoon person, maybe first thing in the morning isn't when you're at your best. Maybe you need to structure your day so that you're actually doing your admin tasks, or maybe you are checking your emails first thing in the morning because that's not the time that you're going to be doing the best deep work uh, possible to you. So it's about really working out what And when is your optimal time to be doing different tasks during the day? So if if people are in the office environment, how do we stop people distracting us? Yeah, it's a a hard one. Um, I spent 15 years in corporate, a lot of time in open office plans, and there's no doubt there's a lot of distractions. It's really great if you have a personal discipline, but it's also great if your organisation has put rules in place to stop people just distracting people mindlessly. And I know that's very difficult. Uh, One organization we work with has a traffic light system where they just pop this little thing up, it's a little sign. And if it's on red, you don't distract people. But, you know, nothing's perfect. That system's not perfect. If you're leaving your little red sign up the entire day, then people are going to start ignoring it. So you have to really stick to the rules. I really like the idea of using headphones throughout the day. There's been numerous amounts of research done on when you have headphones on, you are more productive and it's probably because you get distracted uh, a least amount. So also people think you might be on the phone and they'll leave you alone. 
but using headsets is a great way to tell people that you're really getting into that deep work. I know there's still going to be distractions. So can you book a meeting room and go in there when you really need to get that really important project done or you need to make important phone calls? Um, can you block out time in your calendar so that you've got do not disturb so that when people look in there, they realize that now's probably not the time to be asking that person a question. It's, it's really about sort of setting up your personal discipline uh, to make the most. Now, there was some interesting research done in this space from the University of California showing that whilst notifications and interruptions interrupt us about 50% of the time, the other 50% of the time, it's actually just us being distracted and not focusing on the things um, that we should be focusing on. So really, you know, making sure you have that discipline to really get stuck into that deep work. You introduced something to me called focus, which I found exceptionally beneficial for my life. Can you let the audience know what that is? Yeah, focus is wonderful. I know when I talk to a lot of people, I say, you know, why don't you just put your phone on flight mode? It will stop all those distractions. And people often say, well, I can't because what happens if I miss my boss's phone call? What happens if my kid's school is trying to call me? Focus has sort of got around a lot of those issues and you can set it up. All you need to do is just swipe down on the top of your uh, iPhone. I think Android has it as well now. And what it does, it allows you to program the numbers that you want to come through when you're in this focus mode. So as an example, it'll block all the calls, except if you call me or if uh, Clara's school calls, um, those calls can still come through, but it's blocking out all the other noise. So you don't miss that important call uh, that might be you know, really valuable to you to have. That's so cool. So talking about productivity, let's dive into email management as they seem to rule our work lives. Can you give us a few hints or, or tricks on how we can better manage our emails? Yeah, I, emails is stressful for a lot of people. It causes a lot of um, burnout, I think, and it's always in the back of people's minds that they have emails to do. I think the most important thing you can do is, and it's the simplest, is turn off your notifications. That way you are actually deciding when you check your emails rather than being reactive through your entire day. I mean, there's just so much research around multitasking and the switch cost effect and the impact it's having on your brain, your production, your stress levels, uh, your performance. So multitasking just doesn't work. So if you can decide when you're going to check your emails and that might be, I don't know, once every day, it might be once every half day, it might be once an hour, depending on what your business requirements are, what your client requirements are. But it means you control it a lot more than just being reactive throughout the entire day. So I think that's a really important one. The other thing that I think we're seeing more of uh, in today's corporate world is people respecting other people's time. So, you know, when I do emails first thing in the morning, I try to schedule them so that they don't go to other people uh, until during business hours. Now, sometimes I forget and I'm sorry for any clients that I've done that to, um, but scheduling emails is a great way to make sure that you're not sort of pushing when you're doing emails onto other people's. Uh, a lot of 
uh, or not a lot, a, a number of countries overseas have actually put rules in place where you can't send emails outside of office hours, but you can still do them. You just schedule them. It's been shown that when people receive emails overnight, it causes them stress, even if they're not expected to respond to those very emails. Um, so just respecting other people's time can be really valuable. Again, I, I spoke about batching. I think batching is a great way to do emails where you're not just jumping in and out of it all day. You've actually got allocated time to do your emails throughout the day. And then finally, and I know I harp on a lot about this, especially for people who have seen my workshops before, but there's a really simple way that I run my emails. It's called the three D's. You, when an email comes in, you never want to touch it twice. So you just either do it, you delete it, or you delegate it and you move that email along in the process rather than revisiting emails over and over again. I really love that. You taught me the the sort of one touch rule with the three Ds and I'm so grateful to you for that. So my inbox is still a little bit of a disaster. So I need to actually take your email um, tips more online, but how do, how do you personally manage your own inbox? Yeah, it's a, it's a work in progress and I, I consistently change it. I know when we switched across to Gmail, uh, I had a bit of a love hate affair with Gmail. So um, it's by no means a perfect process, but I've started using the tasks that exist in, in Gmail now a lot. So I've always got a pretty clear email inbox um, but I assign tasks so you can drop and drag or you can just click a button and it creates a task. And so when I've actioned an email, I just move it into another folder and then I will put a task if there's a follow-up task that I need. I think there was some research showing that too many folders is actually not good for productivity. So there was, I think there was one where it was just either an basically in emails you've done and emails you haven't, and they were able to find emails quicker. So I'm not saying that's the right way, but if you get too complicated on your folder system, it gets really hard to figure out where you've actually stored that email. And, you know, depending on which server you use, it can be a little bit of a problem trying to refine them. Um, so try and keep it really simple so that the same email would always get filed in the same spot rather than um, trying to work out this really messy folder system. So keep it simple. JP, this has been so valuable. I, as you know, I ask all my guests at the end, you know, what they do to take care of their mental health. So I'm going to throw that question to you as well. So can I answer it in a slightly different way? I might answer it from a, from a productivity perspective. Is that all right? Yeah, sure. Okay. So I guess we get asked a lot of questions, but one of the main questions or concerns that we often get is around people saying, well, that's, you know, this stuff's all well and good, but I don't have time to exercise. I don't have time to eat really healthy. So if you went into my calendar, you would see that I've got two one hour blocks every single day in there. One of them is the time that I'm going to go to the gym or I'm going to go surfing or I'm going to go outside for a walk. So I put that one hour block in that I'm doing exercise every single day. The second one I have is, and this is a bit of a weird one, is a cooking block. So we want to eat healthy. We've, you know, that's part of our value system that we want to eat healthy. So I block out an hour of time where I can cook a healthy meal. Um, doesn't mean I always use that. Indeed, you probably 
say that it doesn't take me that long to cook meals, but I always have some space in there to actually be able to cook a healthy meal. And, you know, on those lucky days where you actually step up and do some food prep, um, it means I get an hour back in my life. So that's a win-win. And sometimes I, you know, instead of cooking for an hour, I get to go outside and play with Clara for an hour, which is awesome. So I really appreciate that when you do actually decide to cook. (laughs) Except now Clara sends you back inside because you're not cool enough, Dad, anymore with her friends. Oh, seriously, I've been dropped like a hot cake. Unbelievable. (laughs) She's turned that age, doesn't want anything to do with me when other people are around. (laughs) Jay, your workshops have been in such high demand Where's the best place to for people to find out more about what you're doing? Uh, so obviously jump on to EQ Minds on the Instagram feed. Uh, also, you can jump onto our website, eqminds.com. Lots on there. We have an online course, but obviously, uh, yeah, our online workshops is certainly where you can see me. Awesome. And for the audience that are listening, if you also follow Jay Pottinger on LinkedIn, he does fantastic practical tips and tools up there every other day on uh, performance and productivity. Jay, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. What a lovely opportunity to actually talk to you during the day. Yeah, it doesn't happen much during the day. So uh, it's nice to see you, even though we're in different locations, but who would have guessed? Thank you. This podcast and the information contained therein is made available for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide medical advice. This information should not be used as a substitute for competent medical advice from a licensed specialist, doctor or psychologist. Thank you.